Consumers cannot know what they have not experienced. So how could they have known that they like an iTunes, iPhones, iMusic stores? How could they know that they wanted a Walkman in 1979 if it didn't exist? So I believe that asking consumers what they need and want, which is the paradigm of marketing currently in America, the need fulfillment paradigm is a bankrupt enterprise. Instead, we don't like to look for needs, but we'd like to understand the episodes in consumers' everyday life, the behavior that takes place there, and then from that infer how we can drive the innovation and growth agenda of a firm. Now, you write about unmet demand opportunities, and you suggest a demand-first model. Can you tell me what that demand-first innovation growth model is, and how would it work? We call this the DIG model, D-I-G, Demand First Innovation and Growth Model. And this particular model is a systematic and repeatable process so that companies can find their opportunities hidden in plain sight and create a breakthrough growth strategy. That particular model has ways of looking at the opportunities in a systematic way. There are three major parts to that model. First, you need to map the demand landscape. This is how we look at consumers in the first place, or better said, into the behaviors of people in their everyday lives. Two is a reframing of an opportunity space. This is how we apply structured thinking methodologies to understand the opportunities. And three, it is about formulating the strategic blueprint for action. Could you give me an example of reframing an opportunity? I'd be glad to talk about reframing the opportunities. Just an example, think about Apple in this particular case. If Apple would have thought about the opportunity from a, let's say, product perspective, Apple in 2000 would have said, well, we've been producing for the last 30 years computers. Where is our opportunity space? Most likely it is more computers. Here's one other example. If Apple would have said, our capabilities is in producing an iPod. Now, what is the next thing after the iPod? The traditional way of reframing is to say, well, if I put cells, maybe we have an iPod for sophisticated music lovers. Maybe we have an iPod for a more basic music lover, maybe a high price and a low price. And Apple would have produced different iPods. Reframing means thinking of how consumers interact with a particular technology in their everyday life and reframing it from that perspective. That leads you to a totally new opportunity space, such as, for example, iTunes, such as, for example, 2,000 accessories like a Bose stereo system. And at the end, Apple is no longer a computer company or a device company. It is the largest music company in the United States of America. And that's how it happens. Now, you also mentioned strategic blueprints for action. What is that? And are there various strategies for action? Exactly. Strategic blueprint for action is really an important part. This is how you put the opportunities all together and say, how do we action on them? Here is the biggest problem today. Up to today, we have lived under a paradigm which is called a competitive 
advantage paradigm. We always have said we should have something that is different from competitors. And if it is different from competitors, it will sell. Well, I would suggest today competitive advantage is not necessarily the only way of selling something. Just because you are different doesn't mean it sells better. There are lots of iPod competitors and they don't sell. And there is a reason why. Just because you are different doesn't make you better. So I suggest we need to replace the idea of competitive advantage alone and suggest a formulation of a strategic blueprint based on the objective of customer advantage, namely how I intersect with consumers in their everyday life, how I own more and more of the 1,440 minutes in consumers' everyday life. I'll give you an example how it works really well. Think about Starbucks. Starbucks is not about competing on a better coffee with a local Starbucks coffee. In New York City, as you know, we have plenty of great coffee shops around. Starbucks couldn't compete on great coffee. But Starbucks competes on something else. It competes for the third place, away from home and away from work in the 1,440 40 minutes we all